are back in the saddle for another week of the trapeze. I'm joined by several members of a wonderful little band called Thick Line Thin Line. If you've gotten to episode three, you should know who they are. So we're not going to really announce anyone this week. We're just going to jump straight into it. So welcome, everybody. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being had. All right. uh, So we're going to jump straight in and talk about the very first Thick Line Thin Line show. So we're talking about Revolver Upstairs, Melbourne Fresh, all of that business. Six weeks after the inception of the band as a entity. What what can you guys tell me about this little event from from your memories? Well, I went through some old documentation that I had on an old hard drive. I've got here, first gig, seven rehearsals, one recording session after the first jam. Tuesday, October 25th, 2011. Revolver upstairs, Chapel Street, Paran. Our stage time was 9.10 and it was a 20-minute set. I'm almost certain that none of those gigs ever went off on time, so we were probably closer to being on stage at about 10. The set list was Bystander Effect, Stranger, Trapeze, and then closing out with Feed Facing North. I've got some notes here as well. This night, as soon as the previous band, Reflex Rex, left the stage, was plagued with difficulty. I broke my high E string getting onto the stage. Amps were non-existent or just straight up broken. And all three stringed instruments needed to be DI'd. And then I finished that little note with awful, awful. All right, so you answered a couple of my planned questions just in that. So seven rehearsals. And you had four songs together. What were your first thoughts collectively uh, getting onto the stage together? Aside from the broken string and having to DI, which is a pain in the ass in itself. What other thoughts can you guys all kind of share with me from your memory banks? I don't have a great recollection of anything at all except for one memory of that night, which is the guitars sounded like absolute balls because they were literally just guitars with no amps. DI'd directly into the mixing desk, inclusive of distortion pedals. So it just sounded like fuzzy razor blades mm-hmm. for some of it. Outside of that, I don't really have a lot to add, apart from the fact that probably wasn't my best show. <laughs> <laughs> Was there any kind of uh, reason provided for, for why they were doing the, the no amps and the DI's groove? Because it strikes me as strange. Well, they had amps. I remember seeing at least one, but I think they were like, I think Adam's recollection is correct. They were just like, hey, we've got this amp, but it doesn't work at all, so don't use it. Yeah, I'm going through like uh, oh, photos from that show as well. Like, there's a box sitting behind Benson. That's right. I remember the box. I don't think I had an amp at the time. Like during rehearsals, I was just like hiring it, but I can't remember. I thought maybe we got told that there was backline, and then when we got there, it was just, literally a line on the back of the stage like that was the back line <laughs> yeah nah jokes <laughs> <laughs> Melbourne not quite as fresh as we thought <laughs> what about you uh Benson what are your recollections from that evening just corroborated by everyone else really what they said was uh absolutely factual it felt like OCS week airheads when they go in at the <laughs> last bit and then all the amps are just props you know what I mean like you just did to mm. look cool it's a good analogy when shit, when shit like that happens, it like really pisses me off. I'm like, I take that personally. I'll like irrationally look for the target. Like, who who the fuck is to blame for this? This is <laughs> fucking bullshit. And like, I'll I'll like get really hurt and I'll get super angry and I'll take it out on the gig. Like, I'll let it out on the gig. Yeah, so, like going through those photos, like while you while you're recounting, you can see that 
very emotion like in about a half a dozen of these photos you're just like fucking ropeable it's sick Good yeah boy. yeah no but i'm not like it's never like fuck this yeah you use it for like, fire. yeah exactly and you just like i don't know i have to just get through it i don't want to like all right i'm starting to simmer up you know better put that in a bottle and fucking stick it on the shelf of anger that exists in every man's chest you know <laughs> i don't do that anymore <laughs> i used to but yeah i lost too many friends and ruined too many parties eh? so i just like Nah, fuck that. Let's get the show on the road. You know, let's actually make it happen. What have we got to work with? Two popsicle sticks, a rubber band, and a spoon stick. Let's go. Let's rock. Just MacGyver the shit out of it. Yeah, exactly. We had a couple of shows like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I can get it. I do understand the thought process behind it. It's a tiny room, and if every one of the bands that was playing that night brought their own gear, it would have been massively overcrowded. There was limited space as it was, but seriously, like, get a backline. Yeah, it's just intention. You know, that's all nice to... I'm like, that's not what we meant. I'm like, that's fine. We appreciate what you intended, but you can't execute a showcase for shit. I'm sorry. It's what, you can't, what you, can't ex- you can't execute a showcase with fucking 10 bands on a Tuesday night with no backline. Yeah, like, it's just like... Just look, yeah, like, if you're going to do that, say, yeah, correct. Those are the logistics. It's a tiny room. You know, you got this many bands. You got slot them in this many, you know, minutes each, etc. You better fucking practice all your fucking transitions work out real smooth. You know what I mean? Like, don't just wing it. Like, that's an unwingable, like, situation. You have to, like, run it like an army almost, like a military. All right, you guys are done. Get the fuck off the stage. You got mm-hmm. this many seconds to do it. And that's cool. Like, I'd rather appreciate some hard-ass, you know, and I have been in many of those situations where it's like, you know, you guys got to do this. You're fucking up everyone else's shit mm-hmm. if you don't stick to this thing. And, I, like, I respect that so much. You know, it makes me feel like, like, you know, how circus kids must feel. Like, we're all part of this thing, and we're all fucking doing it for each other. And, like, you guys go next. We had a great time. You know what I mean? It's like, it's cool. It's like camaraderie. Instead, you're, like, shitty and pissed off. Nothing's working. But just to rewind it a bit, like, up to the, those rehearsals, up to that show, if I had known that that was going to be the result of all those, like, crunch time, grinding, writing, rehearsing, fucking gelling, all that shit. Like, if I knew that was going to be the result, oh, fuck, I would have tried way harder. (laughs) During the the initial moments, because I was kind of still half in, half out. Like, I was still sussing everything out, everyone out, you know. I still didn't have, like, I wasn't all the way in yet. And, like, I knew I had a limited time to make up my mind as well. I was like, all right, the first show. That's always a good benchmark. You know, <laughs> logically, that's sound, right? You practice, you test it out, you know, you have a few friends come over to you and practice. They tell you it sounds cool. And then you like try it out on a bunch of strangers. That's the way it normally goes. So you think after that point, we'll hit that and then I'll see. I'll feel. I'll see how it goes and all that shit. But after that, I felt like cheated by like the situation like things that were outside my control like i pushed everything that i could control to a positive momentum you know with everyone else on board everyone was like we pushed so hard kids like it was sick it was that purity and it was great but the reward supposedly was like shit because we were like told to fight and then in the last minute they're like oh yeah by the way he's a blindfold oh yeah by the way he, we got to tie one hand behind your back all right go and we're like uh-huh all right it's a fist i guess <laughs> yeah and it's cool like it's fine i don't mind that like of course you gotta have it once in a while 
But like I said, I felt in a way cheated because it was like the first gig, really, straight out the gate. It's going to be shit. Come on. Yeah. The thing that got me about the whole situation is that the company that was running it, this wasn't their first year. This wasn't their first show. Like, they've been doing this for three or four years at this point. And you're sitting there going, okay, how do you not have this together at this point? Yeah. You're dragging people all the way into bloody Paran on a Tuesday fucking night for yeah. a 20 minute set, which is not bloody worth it. It was good for us because we only had 20 minutes worth of material. But, yeah. you know, you're dragging everyone in there and you just don't have the infrastructure to set it up and to get it done. Yeah, yeah it's you know, kind of cool, the, You know, you're I cheating expect- the musicians out of it. We have people yeah, like ourselves yeah. who we spend all the time and effort trying to get in and into the, sort of the minutiae of the way the song sounds. And then you have this fucking buzzsaw guitar tone and not in the cool way. No. Like, Actually, that, that the was cool a thing. I remember that the guy said the amps were working. That was his first sentence to me. The amps were working. Yeah. yeah um, and I was just like, bro, cut with a tenth and just fucking hit me, but, you know, straight in the jugular. What is it? He's like, no amp. And, he, and I was like, all right, first of all, fuck you. I'm now going to figure out a solution. And he's like, oh, we've got one. It's a direct in, you know. DI. That is not a solution. Anyone who's ever done any kind of audio knows that's not a fucking solution. How about, how about you stand here in front of the mic and apologize to everyone? How about that? I'll take that and then I'll plug into the DI. I'll be more than happy to do it after you do that. <laughs> but, you know, that's just me being ridiculous and dramatic. Like, I would have loved to see that. If he was just like, oh, sorry, the sound is terrible. It's our fault. We suck. Everyone <laughs> 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 was like, yay. <laughs> you would, you would <laughs> become the hero of musicians everywhere. Yeah, if you did that, you'd be like, you know what, man? You just have bad days. We get it. Everyone has a bad day, but thank you. I appreciate you sharing your fucking inadequacy in front of everyone else. Because now we have to do that. See? Mm-hmm. See how this sounds? This sounds like dog shit. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, we rock. We cool. It's like, no, nah, man, we're fucking furious, dude. We can't wait to burn through these 20 minutes of bullshit. Listen to and that. That sounds like a yeah. collapsible stage. Yeah, I'm like, this, see that? That sounds like fucking sadness, dude. Fuck you. <laughs> but fine, fine. For a first show, I like looking back on it now, seriously, I don't wish for anything else but that. It was perfect. So, and like in a closing your loop kind of perspective, thank you, Melvin Fresh, I guess. Wherever the fuck you're still operating nowadays, whatever, I give a fuck. But thank you for that. Oh. That was nice. Nice little memory. Well, I mean, the, the we will never forget up, it. Really. <laughs> I have one positive thing to contribute. Absolutely. There's, there's one major positive out of all of that, though, that we've yet to cover, which is for anyone who's ever been to Revolver as a musician performing. Uh-huh. Those fucking stairs, man. I feel that. That is the, the steepest staircase in Melbourne. Basically, you've got like 400 million thousand stairs. And if you're carrying like your guitar amp, which is like, what, 15, 20, 25 kilos? Maybe a quad yeah. box, maybe a whole drum kit and a hardware bag and cymbals and all that other noise. Like not having to do that is almost worth the Angry Bee guitar sound. Yeah. And yeah. I, can, I can attest to that because there was one time where we had to play a revolver and bring our own shit and I believe I transported all the guitar equipment because there was all in my house yes. and I got yes, there yes, super yes. early and felt like being a nice bloke for once in my life and carried everyone's shit up those stairs. And that's why you're an asshole now because you ran out of nice that day. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's, that's literally all that remained in me. <laughs> one gesture worth of nice but spread out through many people. I can appreciate that. It's like a carpet bomb of nicety. But, and none of you were around to see it, so did it actually happen? No, no, it didn't happen. But the point is, you know it's true in your heart, you know, and you're sharing it with us now. 
So now, right. like, you know, in like, I, yeah, I guess, like, we're like mo- morally obligated to believe you. On the record. See how you trapped us? Because if we don't believe you, we look like the asshole. Yeah, yeah. on record. It's the only way <laughs> yeah, to go. Exactly. <laughs> Not bad. Well played. You're I welcome. appreciate this Machiavellian <laughs> gesture of, like, see how nice I was? Fuck you guys. <laughs> Can we play this back in a later episode? Just explains away the last half a dozen years of there's no niceness left in Cam. Now we know why. Yeah. Hey, aren't you going to be a dad soon? Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Like, I got to go and find all this stuff that I've lost over the years. Just niceness, empathy. But let's yeah. switch back. Let's let's rewind back a, a bit to like a couple of rehearsals, like the run up. You know, the, up to the takeoff because it's a bit more like um palatable. Yeah, and it's also, like, it's a bit more positive than, like, yeah, they suck. (laughs) And also, I think it's a bit more crucial, you know, because I find the moment in any kind of event, the pre-moment, the moment just before the moment, you know, it's the most important one. Like, uh, for example, Michelangelo's David, yeah, that statue, it's like... Every other statue of David is standing over Goliath's head. He's already won. You know, the victory is assured. He's like, calm. But that statue is different because it's taken, it it captures a moment before the battle. So he doesn't know he's going to win yet. That's the really cool part I enjoy the most, more than the victory. I enjoy like the, you know, working things out in the jamming space or doing demos and recording and such. The moment before is always crucial to anything, you know, whether like any endeavor or undertaking. So those first couple of rehearsals before the first show is like a really pivotal part in the band's history because at any moment of any one of those rehearsals, I felt like it would have gone either way. Either one of us could just have gone, you know what? None of this is working out. I'm not feeling it. Imploded. Yeah, at any moment. Because we didn't know each other. We didn't know each other sonically, personally, whatever. You know, how are we supposed to know that we'd end up like living together like some of us? Me and Adam are already like living together. That kind of weird little bond that happens when those things occur. So we didn't know the first gig was going to be shit or we're going to have like a buttload of awesome gigs after that. We had no idea. So those that set, let's zero in on that set. One of it was like a song that Adam had. One of it was a song that like I came into the band with and the others were like the two, like a bystander and feed were like ideas that we jammed out. And it was like, the songs are cool, they're fun to play, but if we couldn't do it together, like past the initial joy of like, oh, it, it worked out the first time we all met up. What about the second and third and fourth? Are we going to suddenly find cracks in each other's armor and go like, oh, no, I, I don't like that part about you. You know what I mean? Like it's all, it's all a lot more serious in, in yeah. uh, following jams. Yeah, it's a lot more volatile. And we had to push as well at the same time. We, we all Especially had to from push, you, Ben. What do you mean? Nah, you were the conductor in the right way and not in a bad way at all. But after that first meeting where I guess we all sensed something was potentially going to happen and then we realized, hey, we've got a gig in fucking five weeks now. That's when yeah. you really, you didn't crack the whip in a bad way, but you just really reined everyone in. Your words kind of rang through the, the rehearsal rooms because, yeah, we had to take it more fucking seriously now. We've already got the little bit of gel that came from the first meeting and then the next four or five were just, Let's get these four songs fucking tight. I was actually I remember the I most think, concerned about you. Oh, so was I, bro. Never. <laughs> I think I played one one gig before that, and I'd buff. And I had good feedback from my busking. People say you've got a lovely voice, yada, yada, yada. But our material was very different to acoustic busking songs, you know what I mean? <laughs> 
Of course. Because um, that's the thing. You guys all had the technical fucking problems with the guitars and stuff. For me personally, felt like as nervous as I was and probably a little shaky and very awkward at talking to the crowd. I remember that. I've never really been good at that. I get very self-conscious and say some pretty um, not needed things. But okay, uh, vocally... Yeah, no, that was further down the track. The first few shows, though, I just would say really like awkward, like not needed stuff. But vocally, I felt I actually did all right in that first gig. But sadly, all our fucking instruments failed and we DI'd and all the rest, like you were saying earlier. So, like, for me, I, I, I felt okay. But uh, overall, yeah, it wasn't the greatest gig in our track record. I would definitely say that. <laughs> I just saw your name, Keith. That's brilliant. Yeah, the names have changed a couple of times since the start. Chris, elder daughter. What is that, bro? Well, it's because it's elder son. Oh my god! Oh, oh my god! Really? Come on, Josh. Come on, man. <laughs> I love you so much. That's amazing. Is that? Are you being for? Are you fucking? Are you? Are you real? What am I not? Genuine. Just, just keep talking. Just keep I sadly talking, am. What is elder daughter? Why am I not getting in? Just it's elder son. Just, shut up! Shut up! Shut, shut up! Everyone, just keep talking, Josh. Please, just, just let me have a little bit more. Sweet. <laughs> I have, sweet, I have, I have, sweet, fucking ignorant, elder laughter, elder, elder daughter, is it just oh, elder you're so daughter? Close. Oh, you're so close, do you want a torch? You can find your way out, you're so close. <laughs> please help me. Please you want a help shovel me. and a torch. Oh, dear you a canary. Uh, Maybe canary judge, what, the sense of the, what does the it mean? The tunnel. You can get what out. does it mean? The double rainbow, what does it mean? It's alright. Don't worry about it. Oh god! Oh, so Thank you. Like Thank, you so Thank you so much. I just just see my pants all over, Josh. Thank you. I got a query got with you, Ben. To know, did we? I cannot. Re- that's why I didn't add anything to the the royalties spreadsheet that Aldi did. I can't remember what I wrote. If I ever this, wrote this anything. Is what you wrote. No, 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 no. This is what you wrote. You didn't write any advice. Then what you wrote was half a feed, and I wrote half a that's feed. That's what I did. For the lyrics, yeah, I remember I I, I did trapeze because that was my little project at the start, but I wasn't sure on trapeze if we, yeah, no trapeze was your was your test run. It was like, all right, he can have the lyrics. Shit, baby, it's he's young. Let's let's see what he does with it. Go with speed, yeah. I think I wrote a majority of the the verses in speed, yeah, 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 yeah. I wasn't very happy with them either. um, um, We're a well old machine. All that stuff, that's all you. Watch the work. Yeah, but I, especially with Trapeze, though, I was like, I literally, after the first jam, I got said, like, here's, here's the outline of the song. Fuck it. Did we record it for me? I think we did, and I listened to, like, a recording back to it. I was so scared that my lyrics would be incomprehensible, and, like, everyone would be like, what the fuck, dude? Like, but you got a tattoo on your body, Keith. That makes me so fucking happy, bro. Yeah, man, like, absolutely. Did you ever answer your query? As a boy that... Yes, you did. Thank you, brother. Okay, cool. As someone that literally had never wrote lyrics to a song before, it was just a very daunting thing. And to to know that, like, it's a bit vain, I suppose, because I was just thinking about myself, but because you all you cunts had been in bands before, so, like, it was a very massive step for me. And to know that we were going to stick it on stage, yeah, it was daunting. But, uh, yeah, it, it all worked out relatively well. And I was very happy that Benson helped me with feed especially that chorus, because my ranger friend Dave, that like Feed Facing North was his ultimate favorite song from our, like any of the band stuff. 
so that made me feel really fucking happy. I just remember being like under the spell of Benson and a bit of Aldi for the next three or four practice because I could tell that they knew what they were doing. So I just fucked myself. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, bass player. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) As a commanding role, they definitely took the cake for like directing. Aldi not so much because I think Benson and Aldi were feeling each other out as we spoke about before. But um, more just listening to Benson and, and Aldi and, and really figuring out what the fuck we were going to do. And apart from the technical difficulties, I don't think that was the worst show. It sounded like mud, but like I still think we played well. Maybe not yeah. you, Aldi. I heard you say before that you didn't have your best night. But like the first gig's always going to be the first gig. You can't expect too much, but I think we did okay. End scene. So, talking about those last couple of rehearsals, though, was there any kind of tensions or or any difficult moments that you guys had to kind of power through in, say, the last two or three sessions before you uh, headed up that god-awful staircase of Revolver? Knowing that it was only a 20-minute set, as a lot of Battle of the Band-style stuff is, it was kind of comforting knowing that we only had, like, the four songs was enough and it was going to work. So, 20 minutes doesn't feel too freaking long in the scheme of things. So, like, yeah, I don't know. It was comforting. I don't think there was as much stress as there probably could have been. I was young and naive, so I probably didn't feel it the same way as you guys did because you had expectations from being in other bands before that. But I was just excited. And we got two free drink tickets each, so that was pretty cool as well. You remember that? That's cool, I guess. I remember free beer, bro. He remembered getting them. Doesn't remember what he drank, but he remembered getting them. Beer, baby. Beer. Where's the beer? Cameron, do you have anything to interject with? Um, I kind of just remember one of those rehearsals being in that tiny padded room at the jam tin. Yeah. I think we've got yeah. photographic evidence. That might have been the second, maybe the third rehearsal. And I know we were working on the, in that room. Um, we were working on Stranger in that room as well, I remember. Yeah. Because I was fucking up Josh's vocal. Because I was trying out backing vocal. And I remember me emulating his lines and it fucking him up. And that was definitely in that room. <laughs> I don't yeah. remember that, but yeah, shut I'm up, pretty Adam. sure it was you <laughs> Pretty much how it went. <laughs> I don't think I ever saw that room. I've seen a lot of the rooms at Jam Tin, but the, the padded room that I probably should have been in, but I never saw it. So there's two buildings like at a... Jam Tin. There's one where the bar was. Yeah. And a couple of rooms behind that. The other room, which was the original Jam Tin. That was where the original Jam Tin was. When you first walk in that door, there was a window right there. It was mainly set up like duos or like single prac room. Before they yep. expanded the champion and made it the two buildings together, that was the office in there. And there was like some haphazard soundproofing put up against the wall and it, it literally looked like a padded cell. And we, we do definitely have photographic uh, proof of that. One of the um, one of the first sort of like pro shot full band photos was that uh, Mel? Megan. Oh, uh, Megan, yep. yep. She shot that through the window there. And it was very, very small. I'm fascinated by the amount of terrible hair I had. I will look back at that fondly after it's all gone. I know <laughs> Benson's, um, Benson's calling bullshit pretty hard in that photo as well. You can just see him in that photo. I can hear him going, bullshit. <laughs> I'll never look at this photo the same way again. It's funny. Just it's absolutely funny. perfect. Speaking of terrible hair, my hair on that kind of looks like Nicholas Cage's My Hair is a Hawk, but from the back. <laughs> That's amazing. Everyone's <laughs> arguments that they were invalid. Yeah. 
I was looking back to a lot of our um, old photos and stuff, Adam. You're a fucking photogenic band boy, to be honest. Like, you always look really? like, I don't know. He's just Doesn't got like this just... photogenic quality about him. Yeah, he's sexy, man. Mm. Thanks, bro. I don't know, Zaman. You were uh, quite the handsome young man yourself. I just put one through to our little group chat. Now. I think everyone needs to remember. <laughs> the smallest. What was that? The side <laughs> There's actually one of you, Josh, probably from that same rehearsal. I don't think we had many sessions in that room, but there's one of you sitting all contemplative, uh, kneeling down on the ground. I can't find it at the moment, but it's a, it's a hero shot, basically. Yeah, yeah, it is. I remember it's the like singing one where cloud. I'm melting it. But no, I don't remember the sitting down one. Damn. I'll try and find it while we're on here. No, you look, you just look fresh. We'll we'll make a nice little gallery once the episode's gone to air. We'll put a little collection of the photos so the listeners know what the fuck we're talking about. Yeah. Because they are really nice and photos, except the one of Josh's side mullet. That is not nice. That is spectacular. Benson's old place as well. Hell yeah. And any Coheed fans out there will see my fucking left forearm. Get amongst it. I'm counted in. I, I have to confess that I was very late on the Coheed bandwagon. That's all right. We got you there eventually. But, uh, I'm surprised. Getting... That surprises me, Cam. I'm definitely wrong with you, Cam. I don't know why they didn't wrong with you back in the day. But yeah, That's fantastic band. I got them tattooed on my skin for a reason. They're phenomenal. Absolutely. But back to another fantastic band. Uh, you guys, uh, I, I like segues. Uh, not the scooter, just the um, <laughs> just the speech. Uh, which I'm seeming to fail at, but you're looking for this sentence called method of diversion into another topic. Segway. Absolutely, that's it. That's what I like. I don't like the two wheel things that look like I'm going to break my nose every time I think about standing on one. It looked very um cultish to me. Every time I see one segway, I always expect to see a hundred segways somewhere with like white people all wearing white clothes and just like all segwaying real slowly. In, you know, to my direction all saying one thing that's like this weird nightmare that I have every time I see for the greater good yeah yeah, exactly I'm really, I'm really disappointed you said that's a nightmare that you have because I think we could work it in a music video and I just gonna try no don't do that oh that'll <laughs> fuck me up so hard I will right, go up alright I'll, I'll be in that idea <laughs> This is sleep paralysis demons coming to life. We don't need Nah, that. I'll be like in a corner somewhere eating ice cream, crying into it. I don't want to know about that. That shit creeps me out. Yeah, it was just until the moment where you said that was your worst nightmare. I'm like, we could make this happen. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you guys talk about like tension, you guys experience none of that at all. Probably Adam, you said you can't remember anything. Probably just crazy, elated. I was just happy that it was working. Like I, I was kind of high on how it was happening like it, i was sort of watching it from the outside at the same time as being in it you know what i mean so i was sort of focused well, what's on that like it. like an out-of-body experience kind of deal what's that like astral projection you know what i mean I like guess. we actually like yeah right yeah like because it was funny like, yeah like i uh, there were tensions and i'm sure later on down exploratory path that we're doing with this podcast we'll probably delve a bit more deeply into them but i, I remember tensions at like a personal level but like those first few weeks, I don't really remember them being there. Like um, a whirlwind. Yeah, I yeah, I just I didn't have enough time to focus on the the smaller part. Okay, I was sort of like I'm, I, no, was I feel sort of I feel that we picture. I feel that collapse like as a whole, we really got those four songs down pretty fucking well before we had to get on stage and sadly have so many difficulties. But like 
surprised. I don't know. Benton might have a different view, or Aldi, or Cam, or Adam. But I feel like, like overall, and there were a bunch of jam songs nearly. Like as much as like Trapeze was a jam song, they all kind of worked out a lot fucking better than I thought. Especially in the rehearsal rooms. Maybe not at the gigs, but at least that's why the rehearsals didn't feel as uh, tense, I suppose. Because we showed up. We all yeah. showed up in our own way. That's a good point. I feel that's a good point. We kept showing up too. Thank you. That's what I'm saying about how volatile it could have been. Is that like, you know, the first one could have been just a initial honeymoon thing. And then the second one, like something would have happened. Something would have turned someone off in some way. All that was like, there's a really oh. high chance of that happening all the time. In my head anyway. Because that was a concern for me with did, the looming gig. Did we write speed on the second prac? I feel like we did. I had a couple of written. This mm. is how it goes, right? Maybe Adam fair. started. For example, Emerald Before the Night feed. Adam starts off with a melody, and then I built the song around that initial melody that he had. So yeah. for, in, the ca- in the case of Feed, he has that the two guitars, you know, I guess, panned left and right. One's going, it's the intro. da 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 and then once we had that A, we could literally drop it back to D for the chorus, for the D9, like really bring in the glory. And it was yeah. stand, it's a standard rock trope, but I had to I had to go at it that way. That was the only standard pentatonic, like major scale available to me because of what Adam wrote to begin with. And that's the same goes. The intro riff for Emerald, the intro riff for Before the Night. So Fade came around, I guess. He had, he had, you had it going, right? Like in the second, you know, and I had Bystander going as well. Like so, that was our main things. But like, I think yeah, those, feet, the, those two were definitely they were definitely the second part. So the first part was me expanding on Stranger idea and us jamming on Trapeze, and then Feed and Bryce Center with the neck turtles that we had leading into mm-hmm. that first couple of recording sessions before the gig. I think, particularly at least from my perspective, with Feed more so than sort of Stranger and particularly Stranger and Bystander, which were essentially written individually when we stepped in the room. Feed really felt like the first time that we all started to really put our own spin on what we were doing. You know, Very much. really find that element, you know, and go, okay, this is where I want to take my section of this. And everyone sort of really built that together really well. Yeah, that's a good point because that's also um, a, a marker for me. Like, Feed was another mm-hmm. way to test. Uh, trapeze was Josh's test for lyrics. Like, here you go, 100% you. I will not do anything, not correct you on syntax or anything. And then feed was like, let's my go. My lyrics were pretty average, but my melodies were fire, boy. No, it's, I'm not looking for a hit or miss. What, what I'm looking for is like, um, how you go about it. I wanted to know what your process is like. I want to see into your process and the results will always, always reveal that. That's why I'm having like a blast listening to Aldi's songs or Cam's like time capsule stuff or any video duty you come up or like Adam's scale exercise video, all of that stuff is like fuel to me, even more so than say things going wrong at a gig. It's, it keeps on giving, you know? So like when I wanted that to come out, like how would he write lyrics? How would he structure his melodies? What melodies would he choose? It's all very revealing, not only at your current skill level, but also your mindset and how you approach those tasks. It's quite revealing. It was like such I a said, shot in the dark for me, though. There wasn't much process to it. There really wasn't. Well, that, it was just like... As, yeah, but that's it. It was the humming. Wanted see, like, I, want, I wanted to see where that shot would land, you know, and then that falls into the realm of instinct. Therefore, I want to see where your instincts would take you initially. Well, like you said, just humming. 
just a shot in the dark. Where would it land? Would you keep close to the mark, near the bullseye, at your first try? You'd be surprised, man. Like, in my estimation, in my, like, humble assessment as, like, an observer and a fan, you hit the closer to the mark more often than you thought you didn't. And considering, like, all the things, like your age, your inexperience, et cetera, it's very, very promising. My living situation at that time with the crazy ex-girlfriend. Sorry, Jen, but not sorry. (laughs) Everything has to do with everything when you make anything. That's the way it works. Does anyone feel like 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 an audio book when they hear Benson talk? (laughs) Wonderful. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's got a lot of not negative, not in any way. I know, I'm just laughing. Cause he I'll, makes me feel comfortable. A, I'll lean into it, right? Random House Audio presents. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think Random House Audio would be really annoyed if I used that as the official start line to every episode? <laughs> well, we I mean, it proves that somebody's i got to say, those three photos you sent of me, uh, thank you for that, Adam. First You're welcome. Is so young. Massive derp. Second is deep throating a microphone. And third is emo wannabe. No, Josh, all three, you look like uh, Rody from Protest the Hero's little brother. But yeah. that third photo is just complete swoon. Look at that. Yeah, you hear a shot, man. Relax, bro. I'm going to put that yeah. on the Facebook right now. Yeah, yeah do, it. do that. I look like do a fucking. <laughs> no, you don't. Look how pe- look, that's yeah, what I'm anyway. talking about. That's, that, that's purity right there. That's what I was talking about with the, with the, your shot. Wait, is that first dark. photo the derpy one where I'm singing? Are you like far yeah, away from your iPad? You're like constantly like, yelling. Can you not at... hear me well? No, no, no. We can hear you way too well. That's oh, the point. You're like <laughs> yelling at your iPad. No, that's, that's just Did it me. hurt you or something? I'm, oh, okay. I'm a loud piece of shit. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Are you one of those people that like can't have a phone conversation without raising their voice? <laughs> yes. Because I can tell. Um, my family and and friends and partners have always told me that whenever i'm on the phone to anyone i literally scream you have to be quiet now boy no we have to use that for like live performances that's what i was saying about like things being revealed eventually we have to put all that stuff we learned or the ball rolling on in the second and third practices like, especially with feet, where it was like, that was the first time, I think, where it was like, all right, here are the roots. And unlike trapeze or bystander, the baseline doesn't quite follow it every single time. And oh, like mate. pointed out, that was the first time, you know, he's like, all right, I get to do whatever I want properly with my section. And it was also, like I said, like, everything was safe. You know, it's major pentatonic, it's standard, like, cool. Like, it's pretty hard to not be cool in it. You know, I remember like that's, what, that's what Tool lives there. <laughs> I remember first hearing Cam's little doom do doom do in the the second verse, I think, of Feed. That kind yeah. of completely went off root notes, and I yep. was like, "That's fire, man!" Like, and that was yeah. Cam completely uh, adding his fourth in. That's I'm, a melody. Gonna, dude. That's not a. I'm gonna make line. myself. Lead. I mean, yeah, it's like a. Like, and I've since uh, realized that it's essentially just a different key version. I think of Hallowed Be Thy Name by Iron Maiden, but I'll take it. Ah, yeah. I can hear that. I, I think it's right, Hallowed yeah. Be Thy Name, but I could be wrong. 
funny contacts to the calls and whatever we're using, man. It, it just it, it stood oh, yeah. out for me. I, I always yeah. remember that bass line when it comes in. I'm like, oh, that's like no root note bopping. It's a little lead break with the bass guitar, and it's like, yeah. Right. That is still one of my favorite bass lines that I've ever worked on. But not even not even like the lead element of it, like in that second verse. There's like a rhythmic element in the first. Like I deliberately made the first verse a lot more rhythmic because uh, if you listen to it, it's like a pulse in the background. So it's actually like counting down from four, three, two, one with the gaps in there and all that sort of stuff. Like it was just throwing shit at the wall at that point, going, "Okay, well." This is how I feel like it's going to go. And and it all seemed to work. Like, normally at that stage, like, I was doing a lot of punk stuff. So it was just a lot of, you know, a lot of pentatonic fills over uh, the same four chords for four minutes. And uh, that but was But as Benson it. said, it was testing our instincts. And your mm. instinct was to go there. And it fucking worked. As mine That's was. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was like, is he, for example, like that lead element, I know it's not like a major part for you, but for me, it's just because you made that choice to lead instead of play bass. So in my head, I was like, this motherfucker wants to solo at some point. I'll file that away for somewhere, like for later on. That means somewhere down the track, there's going to be a bass solo, or like bass-centric. And like, given our recent collaboration, Cameron, you know, all of those riffs are essentially like bass leads, guys, like as like root note jams. But they're like they're all like leads. They're all like little, <laughs> like eleven yeah. solos. You know, it's it's fun. It's really cool. I really like the way that you've taken the bass and kind of made it a you know forefront instrument. You know, I mean, it's really to me. Good. It always comes down to like you know, particularly if I'm writing something and you know, or writing a section to something that's not quite finished. I find it hard to sit on the root note and just go, "Yep, yeah, this is where I need to be," when everything isn't quite complete yet. You know, I can do it in a song like Air in the chorus because everything else going on, I don't need anything else to be happening. You know, I can sit there on the bottom end and roll with the song. But you know, particularly with um, stuff like Feed, as we're building it up, like, there's space here to work with. And I was just like, well, throw it at the wall. What's the worst that could happen? doesn't work. Feed's a and very he- airy, a spacey kind of song as well. It has a lot of like pausey moments when like not heap is like a wash of chords and not at that no, much happening. It's but, not pause. I think you're talking about hanging notes. There's a lot of mm-hmm. notes that hang like yeah. chords, like that bit in the section just before the um crowd backing noise, or whatever. You know, but a little bit of empty like, space. Yeah, like the chords just ring out. The notes ring out. I really like that. Yeah, particularly coming out of that sort of solo and crowd vocal section where it's just got that last hanging cadence before it drops into the actual chorus one the more shotgun time. bit yeah yeah the cool yeah. shotgun yeah love oh, that yeah, the... oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all that stuff is cool but yeah crazy to think really like out of the first four songs speed was really the only song that we kind of all collaboratively put in on the others were like still worked on by all of us but like yeah feed was kind of our first venture there's a line of progression in my estimation anyway from trapeze onwards where it's like okay trapeze like a tick boxes for me like we can gel tick you know everyone can play their part reasonably well for like just meeting everybody at that same moment you know great that's like a huge thing to tick off for me next is like all right let's make sure that this isn't just some lightning in a bottle situation what happens when we actually put the work in and that's where we got like feed like 
stranger. It's like exercise. Speed is like one where we all collaborate together. Stranger is like how we all rework an existing song that's already done. And then like bystanders, like, can we all lock in to this one scale? Do you know what I mean? Because like, that's essentially just a scale jam. Bystanders yeah. is figury and dominant, like with little embellishments here and there, but it's still like the majority of it is like my own take on the figury and dominant scale. And that's like everybody's doing that. That's why that G that Adam plays in that whole song is like super necessary. That whole song falls apart without that constant note running all the way through it. You know, and that's like, all right. Yeah, and I'm like, does this put them off? Like, does, does like hearing or like living in this sonic environment where there's like fucked up discorded notes in a pop song, will that put them off, you know? Or will they go, this is actually really sick and actually like kind of clever the way it's done. It's like, it's written to be like a standard kind of choppy pop song, but it's like a Middle Eastern kind of scale. I, well, think that's I, told, like, one, I got told yeah. once that a friend of mine wanted to punch that song in the face because of that note. So that's a yeah. that's a compliment. I'm taking that as a compliment. Good. And now punch him right the <laughs> fuck back. That's one of the, <laughs> best, one of the best backhanded compliments like, to get. I remember I showed the first EP to um, one of my mates in the States and he listened to it and he went, don't get it. This EP sounds like a combination of every fucking thing that I hate, but I can't stop listening to it. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I'll, 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 I'll like take that. that. Yeah, so do I. I really, really. Now, now I just popped <laughs> into my head, but correct me if I'm wrong. But were we for the ten year anniversary? That's got to be on the fucking sticker. Oh fuck yeah, I'll do it. I think we had that as a quote on our Facebook page for a time. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, and it happens once or twice before. Were we already working on air at this point as well? Because air was no. the next one, and I remember working on it in that room. Yeah, but no, no, not, not at yet. this point. No, because the set was the set was the set. That was the yeah. main thing that I was like my main. Yeah, I remember. I remember you, Benson, a, f- a couple of times where like you know a six-hour practice can go on for fucking six hours, so it feels pretty long. And at a couple of points, maybe on the third or fourth practice, we were like, "Oh, maybe we'll jam something new." And you were like, "No, we're jamming the set." <laughs> yeah, we're jamming the fucking set. We're that was also a test. Jamming the set. <laughs> it's a test too. It's like, can you guys grind? Yeah, and like the the obvious answer is like yes. So the real question is, what's the level of hate that we'll all end up with before the show, and is that diffusable? Because it's, it'll hated be. You, ben. But that's I'm the kidding. point. Do <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? It's like, can we push past that and just rock? I out think there always was a level music. of like love hate with you for for me and you, Benson. Like, hate is a strong word. I don't mean it in in the the way people might think, but like. I think antagonistic is a good word, Josh, because it's pretty much like it brackets everything quite nicely. You know, yeah, you always ask but questions, like, but you'd be a smart ass about it, which I love. <laughs> I always wanted to make you, oh God, I'm going to sound like some fucking 90s movie, but to make you proud, like, yeah, I'm listening. I wanted you to know that I was trying to soak shit in. And yeah. I've never it, stopped it, listening, Josh. I'm always listening to everybody. That's the point. <laughs> no, I know. But as a young fucking jizz filled bastard, like, I appreciated the tough love that you gave me because I, I definitely needed it at the time. It's also, like, like I said, can you hack it? It's half of it was like, yeah, I mean this. But also the other half was like, all right, I got to get in character. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. Well, you st- <laughs> that's the point. You keep saying it's funny to me because it's so self-evident. Yes, everything that you're saying is. I've always valued everything everyone's ever contributed, even like it seems like it's nothing. But to me, that means the most. I could give a shit about actual 
material stuff. You know, I want immaterial gifts. I like the things like you give me, like all, all your strange dialogue, Joshua. It's such a gift. Like older daughter, I, I have to take that now to my grave. Thank you for giving me one of the flashes in my life that I'll see at the end of my life. Well, my whole life flashes. That uh, that will be one of the flashes with you going, older oh, daughter. Like well, just the, one of the Polaroids that will zip by as I watch the slideshow of my life right before I cack. You know, and one of them is going to be you saying, older daughter. And it's going to be great. <laughs> It's just gonna be I'm honestly boring. really fucking upset with myself right now. Because like, once be. it's explained to me, I'm like, it makes so much sense. But yeah, and it's, it's also me. super dumb. So yeah, you should be really <laughs> upset. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course not. That's the point. See, it's God. like all these things you mentioned Dude. about in the in the first practice and all that. You know, the first couple of gems. That's the thing. That only one of my main things was like Aldi, actually. I was like, all right, he can obviously do everything that I'm doing right now. Like, tell you guys to just practice the set, et cetera, and everything else that follows. He can obviously do all of this shit. I'm just looking at him. He's like, all right, he's just not going to say anything. He's just content to jump. And, like, I got that straight away. It was never phased by any proposition that you you gave to him. It's not about phasing. I was just, you're right, obviously. Of course you're right, because what could phase Alderson? Big it's dick the, energy. Yeah. Great. Let's go with that. What, what I mean is like he, he could obviously do everything that I was doing, you know, like taking uh, the initiative and the conducting and directing, however you want to describe it. But he didn't. And to me, that was like an unspoken thing that we had from the get-go straight away. He's like, uh, because of what happened previously, I'm no longer going to take that role in any kind of outfit that's not like personally generated from me. And I respected that. I was like, I get that, you know, given history, of course I get it. And I respect it. But also I was like, we get a fucking show in five weeks. And I was like, I was going to say, Benson, did you feel a, a responsibility as probably the most seasoned member, I guess, in what? shows I, and all the rest? To it wasn't take a, that on? Was, no, not a responsibility, so to speak. It wasn't a responsibility. Like, What's that? Like, I've, I hear somebody in the distance who needs saving. It's like, no, 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 no. It's I don't have that kind of complex. Yeah, what, what, yeah, exactly. But what I'm saying is, like, I don't see it as, like, a responsibility. It's more like, all right, enough time has gone by where any one of these guys could have jumped in, and no one has. So I'll do it. And, like, I'll test with, like, a few things. All right, no objections. All right, I'll take the next five steps. No further objections. Great, I'll take the next ten, and so to, so to speak. It will, like, multiply probably by like prime numbers and like we've had a little class yeah but it's also like it wasn't just about being quiet it was like we're having fun that was the other thing it wasn't just like all right let's fucking grind ready troops go it was just like this is actually super rewarding like working yeah. out the nuts and bolts of these songs together it was fun that's the thing like, I, I remember put a stamp on that being, as well and and say that yeah as much as there was tough love and a bit of conducting on Benson's part it was never arduous it was never fucking yeah. it didn't feel like work it was new and fun so yeah, it, yeah uh, like I, I never i never saw it as this sort of um you know having this sort of hard taskmaster or anything like that like it was just yeah, a matter of God. because like every band has to have somebody that's driving the focus yep. in one direction or another and it's just because like particularly with all of us you know most of us not really knowing each other it wouldn't have been like particularly uh, where I was at that point in my life. Like, it wouldn't have been 
in my nature at that point to step in and go, okay, this is what we're doing. You know what I mean? Like, you know, and Zamet, as you were saying, man, like you were sitting there just going, okay, shit, I'm in this now. What do I do? It was a role that needed to be filled, regardless of whether or not anyone wanted to put themselves there, you know, voluntarily or not. But thankfully, Benson did sort of step up and just do it. And the amount of respect that I I found for Benson for doing that, I was like, I don't know. I wouldn't have the fucking confidence in myself to be like trying to direct any. Of course, I wouldn't at that time because I was young as fuck. But even maybe looking at myself 10 years old, I'm like, I, I don't know how I would be able to talk to people and try and direct them in, in the kind of way that needs to be done. And it was, I was just like, that's why I fucking moved in with you. Nah, I moved in with you because I fucking had nowhere to live. But um, no. <laughs> there it is. There's the truth. There, there respect. It, what it really was, though, I was like, yes, I get a chance to sit with like a kind of master dude that like, I don't know. I, you're an enigma, Benson. You are just one of the most curious people that I've ever, like, curious to, to, to watch people that I've ever met, man. Like, pretty special. And especially kind of skipping forward, but to the stuff we're doing nowadays and the stuff we're writing at the moment, it's just ridiculous. Your output, your confidence, your everything is just it's too much. No more sucking your dick. Fuck you, Benson. Thank um, you, Josh. I, I, like but, that, I like that he sat there and he's like, I've got to watch you in your natural habitat. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of, yeah. And Benson at home is definitely a different Benson. But, like, seeing his work ethic kick in at the times when it needed to, when we'd, like, okay, let's try and work on some vocals for hours or a few other different songs. Your band conductor vibe would come back in even at home. But then 90% of the time when we're at home, we're just talking about video games and like... Yeah, but that's the thing. See, you know what, when you're talking about like, I wouldn't even know how to talk to people. See, that's the thing. That's right there. That's where it begins. You know, that's what I was telling you about that um, thing about language and mastering English, for example. It's easy, actually, Josh. You find out what people are passionate about and you tap into that and then you find the point of relatability, like your entry point into their interest. And then once you lock that in, you can talk to anyone about anything. I know? feel like I've gotten better with that myself. Maybe not evident in this podcast, but um, I definitely read people in a different way. And I actually think it's because of knowing you that I probably approach people in certain different ways. I'm not as brash and ridiculous when I'm in everyday life, to be honest. Like, I'm a very caring kid. Like, I have a lot of fucking love for people, but I also say some fucking ridiculous shit. But I think I learned that from you is to know to know when to. That's a massive one. You always be Timing. ridiculous. D- don't not be ridiculous. You just got to choose your moment. I don't think expression. I can help it, Benson. Good. I don't think I Neither can help can it. I, Neither can I. <laughs> I, just, I just save it. I just save it for the right moment. Because, like, for example, to be angry is easy. But to be angry at the right person, the right moment for the right reason, that's hard. That's really fucking hard. I know, and, and, to, that's like, and to have a, an outcome yeah, instead of yeah, just being angry. That, it's like that can happen. Will. It's like willing something to happen. That's why when, like, when I said, hey, here's the lyrics, you know, here's the task, write lyrics to trapeze. This is our first song. It's really special to all of us. Don't fuck this up. And it's not like, otherwise what? Like, it's, there's no otherwise. I'm not going to do anything. Nothing's going to happen. There's no consequence. It's just like, how much do you want this? Show me. Yeah. And it's not even like I said about like, oh, it's got to be hit. You have to hit everything. All the words have to be perfect, you know? It's like, it's not about that. Like I said, I want to know your process because, like I said, I forgot what purity was like. You know, you're literally like shooting in the dark, and that's cool. I forgot. I can't do that anymore, Josh. You know, you got you know what I'm saying? 
that's lost to me. I can't help. Well, but, look, like, butterfly, bro. Yeah, Cooning. it's the same thing. That, that that's what I was saying with like Oldie and like you know Cam's choices, like Oldie's choice to play drums instead of like clearly he's the best guitarist in the band. You know what I'm saying? But yep. that's what I'm saying. He, he's just content. He's just going to sit there and play drums, and he's happy. Look at him. He's having so much fun. These songs rock. Who wouldn't have fun bashing the shit out of this? I would if I was drumming for this band. Fuck, I, I, I know immediately on how much fun I'd have just, like, smashing things out, putting my own seals. And I already have, like, all these thoughts. In my, I already, you know, in all the demos that I've done, I already do that. Like, that's the one space where I, I get to play drums for the band. And then, like, hearing Alex yeah. play, you know, drums like blush response or something it's like i can see where he plans to go or like where things might take him like if this is the first step i can see i can kind of hear or project where step 10 is going to end up and not exactly lock in but like the feeling of it is going to be like so sweet and all these things i look forward to and it hypes me up you know so that that was the thing hyping up all of these things like all this the, the four songs that set all the way up to the first show just this constant build-up of, like, this tsunami of expectation. Like, all right, things are fucking gelling. This is sweet. I don't fucking hate these people at all, you know? This is good. I, I think I actually like these people. What the fuck? I might stick around for a bit, you know? I don't do things like that, but I don't know how you guys felt, but, yeah, I was always ready to bail for some reason. <laughs> yeah. I think that's in your nature, you know, like, not life, I suppose, but, like, you're always weary if something's going to fall apart. You you have that foresight that not everyone does. You know what I mean? I've just seen it happen too many times. You know, Aldi's seen it happen too many times. Cam's had to, like, make that happen with, like, recent... Yeah, I, was, I was in a band with a bunch of old cunts. I had no idea what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, man. That's cool. That's oh, cool. Awesome. No worries. How's yeah, a sporty treat in your cunt? <laughs> <laughs> That's probably a, a good place to wrap this up uh, because we have many, many more uh, episodes ahead of us. And thank you very much, lads, for joining me and, again, giving me a bit of an insight into inner workings of your little five-piece outfit. Thank you. And hang on, yeah, hang on. I can will... see that Chris Alderson has his hand raised in the... Uh, I don't even know what that list. means. Chris, did you want Finally. to say anything? I, want, I have a question. I have a question. I thought you just wanted a high five. I'm glad somebody knows. Yes, Christopher, how, what is your question? Um, I forget. Please continue. Oh. <laughs> Put your hand down, Christopher. You're disrupting the class. Sit down. Love you, Aldi. And as we wrap that up again, thank you very much, lads, for, for the chat. Okay. Ramble on, Kate. And we will be back very soon uh, for another one. And yeah, cheers again. This has been a loosely in disguise production.